Nancy Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, a podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hello, my dear listeners. I'm your host, Effie Parks. Today, I'm doing something a little different because I thought it would be fun, and I wanted to introduce you to my amazing podcast editors who mean a lot to me and I love so much. Without them, who knows what would be happening around here. It'd be like the wild, wild west. (laughs) I put a post in a podcast group asking for an editor who was easygoing and had some connection to the disability community, and I'm so lucky that they answered my call to help me finally launch the show back in October. I don't know what I would do without them. They are so kind and patient and ridiculously funny. You're going to love them just as much as I do. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, these are your ladies. Anyways, I'm not going to take any more time on this intro because I am late at sending it to them and I know they're going to text me soon and get me in trouble. So here are my most favorite podcast editors slash producers, Erica and Devana at www.modpod.studio. Hello, ladies. Erica, Devana, welcome. Hi, Effie. Man, it's so cool to chat with both of you. Um, I'm really looking forward to kind of learning a little more about you. I know I talk to you more than I talk to most of the people in my life right now, so... It was Memorial Day this week. So first, thank you, Erica, for your service and Devana for holding down the fort when she was gone. I know it's a team effort. So thank you for your support, Effie. I appreciate it, man. Okay, well, hey, I just want to know a lot of things. I want my audience to kind of get to know you because you're such a big part of my show. You know, I just talk to these people and then I email everything off to you and you make it sound beautiful and you put it together. And I'm just so grateful to have stumbled upon you in one of these famous Facebook groups that I'm always talking about. We stumbled upon you just like you stumbled upon us. So I see that as a blessing also that we get to work with you. Yes, absolutely. So we feel like we know you a little bit better because we get to hear your show every week. But for you, that means ask away. Well, that brings me to one of my questions. What is that like? I mean, for me, I feel like it's a really vulnerable type of situation to kind of pass on this like unedited, uncut conversation with someone and sometimes even alone. It's kind of like letting you read my diary a little bit. Like, do you (laughs) do you two feel like any type of way when you're just listening to these conversations from people, my podcast, other podcasts that you do? What's that like? It is vulnerable to put something out that is personal, but it's not the finished product. And I think the most important thing is that anyone that I work with, I have some sort of a personal relationship with, and that just comes very organically over time. And I think there's a lot of trust that goes into that too. Yeah. I feel like you both are so good at kind of just 
getting me and like I don't know sometimes you just take care of things that I like can't even imagine thinking about and it's just it's perfect I, I just think you you weave everything together so well and it's it's apparent that you actually care what you're listening to which is a really big compliment I think for the podcasters that you have it helps that we actually enjoy listening to your podcast and that also helps our business as well if you're trying to edit something that obviously you have no interest in at all whatsoever, it makes our job a little bit harder. So it's just a major plus that your podcast happens to be something that we live daily. And we also are very interested in learning more from you and your guests that you have on. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I'm just going to pick up on that and just say, you know, the content is very personal and relatable to us. There's value in it for us. So aside from the the back end support of it is also the fact that we fall within your audience. So that does definitely help when it's content that you're interested in. But I will say just kind of on a side note that Erica will sit here editing <laughs> in the evenings and uh, editing to me is just like nails on a chalkboard. Like Please make it stop um, because same. It's, it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over. I will hear her cackling like hee haw cackling, laughing at something. And she'll always say, oh, Effie's so cute. She just cracks me up. You've said something that has just completely entertained her to the point of tears. So, um, so last week, for instance, it was hard pants. I can't tell you how many oh times I've heard hard pants this week. I know. Hey, hard pants. That was amazing. Every single time that you have a conversation with Cynthia, uh, I literally laugh the entire episode I know. back and forth. And it can go from laughing to crying in a matter of minutes when you talk to her. But Thank you. She's going to be really happy to hear that. She's hilarious. And yeah, she gets the hard pants credit there. That was brilliant. And I've also used it several times since then, too. So funny. So I do kind of actually want to go into that. The way I met Erica at first, I had posted in a Facebook group about wanting an editor who was connected to someone in the community in some way, whether they had a rare disease or a disability. And she shared with me about your son, Cam. He was diagnosed with ASD, correct? Yes. So there's a couple of ways that we're integrated into this community. The first is my baby brother, who is no longer a baby. He's 27, which is incredibly hard for me to believe. But he was born with, well, in the early 90s with what is just diagnosed as uh, mental retardation in 93. That's how they classified it. So they still do sometimes. In yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, he's just a grab bag of, of all of these acronyms. So you know, present day, he's on the spectrum. He's not high functioning. Um, there are hygienic issues. There are aggression and behavioral issues, there are communication issues, obviously a lot of social issues. So, you know, he is a large part of our life and we see a lot of those same things in Cam, which is a little worrisome at times because, you know, my brother basically got to the intellectual age of eight and just stopped. So that's kind of what has happened. And that's a fear for us as moms, knowing that we don't know, like we don't have a for sure diagnosis. Every time we see a specialist, they add something else. They add another therapy and, you know, we don't know what the projection looks like. So 
to answer your question, yes, we are we are integrated into this community um, through my brother initially, but then also through Cam, who is four and a half now, almost four and a half. Mm, wow, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah. Does he live in Ohio near you? Yeah, he lives about a half hour, 45 minutes from us. He still lives with my mom. He won't ever be living independently, but he does a lot of activities. You know, things have changed a lot in 27 years. There are a lot more resources than there were. And, you know, he is active with Special Olympics. And there is a program here through Beck Center of the Arts out of Lakewood, Ohio, And he does theater performances through them and a slew of other things that he does through them, art therapy groups and things like that. And, you know, things are a lot different than they were. And that's the promising thing about everything. One, that we have my mom to confide in when things are scary and things are real um, because she's been on this same path that we're on now 24 years ago. So, um, you know, she's a wonderful resource to tap into. But outside of that, we have so many local resources that have really been guideposts for us through this. It's interesting. I feel like I hear so many, so many things coming out of Ohio, especially like there's so many things that a lot of the kids who have CTNB1 who live there, who have these opportunities that I can't find in Seattle. It's like Ohio has like this special little niche or uh, like a center of resources for people who have some sort of diagnosis. And I don't know if I'm just seeing Ohio a lot involved with that, but I feel like you have some really incredible programs that are there that aren't necessarily where you'd think they'd be. Have you thought about getting a genetic test for CAM to see if it's anything beyond the ASD diagnosis or whatever you've been getting over the last couple of years? Um, So his most recent appointment with a developmental pediatrician was back in late December. And Erica, you can chime in on, you know, her style. She kind of just wants to take things slow. And she says, you know what? He's healthy as a horse physically. We're working through some of his mobility issues through occupational therapy and he's happy and talkative as he can be. Just let him be. We'll just let him be and see what happens. She really didn't have a whole lot of advice at the moment just because he is young and it's hard to diagnose things at his age. But she, like Devana said, she kind of just wanted to monitor him and see how things go. I've never actually, or we have never actually discussed getting a genetic test done for him. How did you feel when the doctor told you to just wait and see and maybe he'll catch up? I'm assuming she said that. When we first started seeing some issues with Cam, Erica was deployed overseas and Cam was about one and a half. And I'll tell you just a quick story. We were standing in the parking lot and Erica was getting ready to leave And there was a couple across the parking lot from us that had teenage kids, uh, tweens and teens, and they were clung to their daddy and they were bawling their eyes out. And I looked at Eric and I said, you know what? Thank God Cam is so young that he will never remember this. And we're just going to push through and we'll get through it and we'll see each other on the other side. And that first night, Cam would not eat. He would not sleep. He fussed and fussed and fussed. 
And, you know, his vocabulary at a year and a half wasn't incredible or anything, but basic things that he would say, you know, milk or bottle or mommy, ball, car, it, it was all out the window. There was, there was no verbalization for the first six months after Erica left. He resorted to pointing at everything. And I knew something's wrong. Something is very, very wrong. And his pediatrician shut me down time and time and time again saying, you know, he's just under a lot of stress. He doesn't know how to deal with it. He's a baby. This is, this is how he's coping. But by the time I put my foot down in six months, his regression was so harsh that it was full on therapy from then on out. And Erica's gone. And Erica's gone. It started immediately, the regression. Yep. And he would literally, I would try to uh, video chat with him, you know, and he would really get mad. Like he would get mad and push the phone away and walk away from the phone. Oh, God, that breaks my heart. You know, to hear the physician that he's under the care of now say, you know what, let's let's just wait it out. I'm not as concerned because her basic reasoning for that was she also wants to talk about ADHD. But she says, but we're not going to medicate anyway. He's too young for us to even talk about that. So at least there's some reasoning behind why she's saying just enjoy him and we'll figure this stuff out versus the doctor that I felt like she just wasn't hearing me when I knew in my heart something was very wrong. So there is a little bit of fear that's still residual there, but I think I'm okay with let's just wait and see so long as we're still seeing growth through therapy. Yeah. How old is Cam now? Four and a half. Okay. So you are seeing more progress than regression now at this point, especially since Erica came home a while back. Yeah, interesting enough, she came home and Cam had apparently spent 13 months sponging and learning and not verbalizing because when she came home, he had a lot to say. And he still has <laughs> a lot to say. Trust yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So we've, we've continued with therapy um, on an ongoing basis. Of course, COVID has made things difficult. We're not doing any teletherapy at all. Cam does not have the attention span or the tolerance to do teletherapy. So we are just not doing it. We're yeah. using the tools in our toolbox and we're muddling through. But ongoing therapy, he's doing his occupational therapy regularly during the week and then also his behavioral therapy. That's still a lot. I mean, you're getting some stuff done there. And we have a gra we've graduated from speech therapy, so we don't we don't have that anymore. That's amazing. Erica, what was it like for you to come home and see Cam's development and what was going on? Did you realize the scope of things while you were gone? No, absolutely not. So the whole time I was gone, this probably came about, I would say three or four months after I left that his school started questioning things like, hey, something's going on with Cam. We don't know what it is but you might want to get him checked out. So at that point, I, I pulled the, the defensive mom card. You know, I'm thousands of miles away from home. So I pulled the defensive mom card and said, no, there's nothing wrong with him. You know, he's, he's just regressing. He's upset because I'm not there. And everything will, will go back to normal when I get back home. So it was frustrating and kind of scary. So I was in denial, of course, that something actually was going on with him. So 
the only thing that I could do was put on my big girl pants and and move forward and hope that everything was going to be okay when I got back home. So that's, I mean, how I deal with things is I, I put things to the, to the very back of my mind just to get through. And then I deal with it when I have an opportunity to deal with it. But on a daily basis, it was literally like Devonna telling me something else that was going on with him. And it was it was very disheartening trying to uh, trying to be away and not being able to be there for my family. So it was frustrating. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. All of that's a lot. I don't know if you guys ever got this, but in the beginning, I I felt like so many people told me to concentrate on my marriage so much because the success rate for parents who have a kid with any sort of challenges is about 5%. So make sure that you're doing a good job together as a team for your kid. Did you feel a lot of pressure on your relationship when you realized Cam was having all these issues or did you kind of just know that you had to unite? I feel like the pressure and the stress that we were already under from me being away when all of this stuff popped up, that we worked together and we did what we had to do to get through it. And then when we came home, of course, things were difficult just because we had so many things thrown into the hat. You know, I'm, I'm coming home off of a, a year long deployment and trying to get reintegrated back into society where I actually have to take care of myself and my family and pay bills and things that I wasn't used to doing for a year. So that stress added to the things that we were going through with cam of course that was that was very difficult but devonna and i are pretty good about recognizing things before things get out of hand to the point that you know it's not returnable so when you came home that was its own beast you know that was a challenge that i didn't foresee coming deployment does something to you and it trashes your marriage it absolutely ransacks it and leaves it in shambles because we had to not only relearn how to be married and a couple and i don't say that from like a point of compassion or or love or tenderness or anything like that but more of a place of learn how to lean on a partner when you haven't needed to depend on anyone, that was hard for me. And I imagine for Erica too, this was especially a struggle, but she came home to a different kid. He was a different age. He was doing different things. She had missed a whole year. So a lot of like coaching on, okay, here's how you do this. And here's how you give him a bath. And here's how you feed him. And here's what he's allowed to eat. And that felt belittling to Erica. And it was a point of frustration for sure. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I came home to a completely different life and I had to literally learn how to be a mom because I, at the point Cam was when I left, he was a year and a half old and there wasn't a whole lot of actual momming. You just have to take care of the kid and make sure they eat and make sure they're, they're learning things. And now I came home to a two and a half year old that's aggressive and wanting to test everything that I say because he's not used to me being his mom. He's used to Devana only being the disciplinarian and, you know, he listens to her. They already had their own routine down every day and I was not part of that routine. So relearning how to live my life with a two and a half year old was, it was crazy. It was difficult. Sometimes I still think I'm learning, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will just like summarize by saying, you know, Cam's challenges 
really have not been marital challenges for us. It has been a rebuilding since Erica got home. And, and there were so many moving parts and pieces. It wasn't just Cam. You know, we were in the middle of building a house when she came home, a house she had never even seen. And there was just a lot going on in life, period, at that time. And our I think our way of dealing with things is... I don't know. We pick our battles. So we're not fighters, but we're pickers. <laughs> so Erica will know if I'm incredibly annoyed by something that she is doing. She will definitely know. It doesn't even, I don't even have to open my mouth. It's a look. <laughs> it's a look or a lack of speaking. And, and she knows, you know, she's walking a fine line. But um, honestly, you know, we are just enjoying life. We love Cam and we share a lot of things in common and we have mutual passions. And I think that's what keeps us bonded. Yeah. I mean, it's so clear that the trust and the respect is so deep. I mean, especially coming home and having a completely different kid and moving on from all the stress of being away from each other and everything. I mean, it's incredible. And Cam's only gotten better. So I love that. I love that story. And I love that you have communicated to each other. And I also just think the dynamic and the perspective of a military family and a child with some special health care needs is really fascinating. And I don't think it's one that we actually get to hear ever. I personally haven't heard from that type of family yet other than yours. And I think that's a big conversation. I agree. In fact, I'm I'm sitting here wondering if there are even any resources. So Erica is a National Guard. And so we don't live on base. And so that network that women or men typically have when their spouse is deployed and activated, that that community is not around me. So Erica's unit is about two and a half hours south of here. And that doesn't mean that their collective families are anywhere close to that. They could be scattered throughout Ohio. So there's just not a network there. And along with that, you know, when she was gone, there weren't a lot of available resources. And if there were, it wasn't clear on how to access those as needed. We did have, um, and gosh, the program escapes me, but there is a lawn cutting service, uh, local landscapers, they volunteer to be in this program and they cut the lawns of servicemen and women while they're deployed. So this company showed up every week and cut what was a huge lawn for me to maintain. So that was a blessing. But other outside of that, I don't really know of any resources, especially for families with special needs. Yeah, that seems like one of the most extra vulnerable situations that a family could be in. I'm going to do some research on that. We're going to find some more. We're going to find some more of you because that is a big deal. So I kind of want to go back to podcasting for a little bit. Why did you two kind of choose this area to make your careers out of at this point? And I want to know a little bit about the why of your mission, too, because I just I think there are no coincidences and I adore everything about your company that you've started. So I came home from work one day and Devonna, you know, she, she works from home full time. She's a virtual assistant and we do the podcasting thing now. So she says to me, I think you should get into podcasting. And I, of course, was like, what do you mean? Why would I get into podcasting? <laughs> and she was like, because I think you would really enjoy it. And I'm like, what aspect of podcasting? She's like, you should edit. So, you know, I started digging around 
And of course, when Devonna wants something, she does not stop until she gets it. <laughs> so every day for like a month, it, that's all I heard about. So I, I finally was like, okay, fine. Let me, let me look into some things and see if I will actually enjoy doing this. Like you say, I will. So the more I looked, the more I was like, okay, I could probably actually get into this. So I ended up taking, um, Chris Curran's podcast engineering school. So I got through that and then uh, started started doing some editing on the side and somehow came across you, Effie, and you've completely changed the whole path and mission. Like you, you helped us create our mission. We're doing the things that we're doing because you have inspired us to do so. So I'm going to defend myself first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting Effie off before she cries. I'm crying. You're right. You guys know what I'm crying all the time, don't you? Okay, so I'm going to defend myself here and say, I, you know, I really pushed for the podcasting thing because I had I had come to a point in my career where I was working so hard in such long hours and I really needed some work-life balance. And I knew in order to obtain that, that I needed Erica to be at home to carry some of the workload running cam to all of these appointments, you know, an hour there, an hour at therapy, an hour back. I, it was not conducive to good use of my time during the day. So that's why I was pushing for that. I had a need and I knew that I had to make a way I had to get Erica home full time and that, you know, she doesn't really have the entrepreneurial spirit that I have. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a go-getter. I, like Erica says, if I want something, I'm going to get it. I will find a way. And so I knew that I had to, uh, really nurture that and give her any tools and resources that she needed to feel like she could be successful at it. So that's kind of how we got to that point. Now, our mission definitely has been driven by you, Effie, because, you know, Erica serves our country. She, for anyone that knows her, she would give you the shirt off her back. She's the person you call in the middle of the night and she will drive six hours to where you are. She is a giver. In the military, she, she fills the role of a chaplain's assistant. In that role, you know, she really serves as a point for people to come and emotionally dump. And uh, she's just so good at supporting people when they are in need. So she already has that. We do a lot of community service and, and we work with Special Olympics and we like to volunteer and get involved in things that are important to us. And as we try to visualize, what does this business look like? What does it stand for? What do we actually connect with? We sat on that egg for months. I can't tell you how long that held us up because we didn't know who we were speaking to. And as we continued building a relationship with you, it just was like our aha moment. Effie is such a badass. We just want a bunch of Effies. <laughs> we love you. I'm so pieces. glad we aren't doing a video interview. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> so many tissues, but we just want a bunch of Effies, people that are out there doing the hard stuff, making waves, making people think and speaking to the people that are, that aren't afraid to get out and make a change. And, you know, when we think about just being moms, we're terrified to send Cam to school because 
we don't know what that's going to look like. We can't protect him when he's in school. And we need people to say, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to stand up for the people that can't stand up for themselves. And I'm going to teach my kids to do the same exact thing. Amen, ladies. And thank you so much. <laughs> You're so sweet. And I and I really, truly feel the same about you. And I think that that is why you're successful. And I, I just love that that's the kind of content that you want to put out in the world because it's moving the needle, right? We always talk about that and leaving this place a little better than we found it. And you can do that with something like podcasting, which seems so small, but it is so big and its reach is so wide and I just love it. And I love having you on my team. And I think that you guys have always been doing that with your mission. And I'm glad that I am a part of it. I feel so lucky. And I think for the rare disease community and the disability community, and perhaps even the military community, I feel like there are so many of them who have a podcast inside of them or who are already doing them and maybe need some help on the technical side or just the workload itself. And I'm going to blow you guys up as much as I can. I still don't know how to use social media that well, but I'm really excited to share you and your business with everyone in my community because I get a lot of questions about starting podcasts and how I did it. And I want them all to find you. Yeah, we want them to find us too. Send, send them on, Effie. We appreciate that. <laughs> I will. Tell them where they can find you. So they can go to modpod.studio. And along those same lines, I don't know if Erica has mentioned to you yet, but we are actually going to be launching Modpod Unites. Ooh. So the idea behind Modpod Unites is to take this powerful platform of podcasting and extend that to organizations that maybe don't have the budget or the time or the manpower to produce a podcast for themselves. And wow. so what we're going to be doing is hosting organizations and individuals that would like to put a message out into the world. We will be getting the ball rolling on that very, very soon and start pitching people to be a part of that and hopefully get it off the ground very soon. That is so exciting. I can't even, I mean, you're, you're a couple of change makers. That's so exciting. And I think people are going to be clawing at an opportunity for it. And that's so generous of you. This is a lot of work. It is. <laughs> this is a lot of work. It is. It's so rewarding just, though. It gives you such a <laughs> sense of like accomplishment and pride and just, I love helping people. Like that is my passion is seeing someone smile because of, of something that we've put out or because of a helping hand that we've, we've put out there for them. So it just makes me so happy to know that I've helped someone have a better day or a better life. So we're really excited about it. I love that. I really believe in intention. And I think though you nurturing your intention for so long until you really felt it is what's going to make you just so much better. Agreed. Yeah. And it, it took some time to allow that to materialize a lot of energy and giving it the time that it needed to, to kind of fall into place. You can't force something. So when it was time, it came and we were super passionate about it when that hit. Anyone that's interested in potentially being on the podcast, they can email us directly at hello at modpod.studio. And we would love to just connect with them and see what it is that they're out there doing and how we can help. 
Yes. And how can podcasters support their editors? Like, is it valuable to include you in our hashtags or perhaps even in an outro? Is that valuable to your business? Good question. So no obligation, obviously. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's not a standard for that. So I don't think there's like good and bad etiquette. If you listen to a podcast, you don't ever hear like them run the the editor credits at the end. <laughs> so I think honestly for for podcasters it's just personal choice. Yeah, use your own discretion if podcasters if you want to shout out your your editor. We love you guys and we put in a lot of work for you, so go right ahead and do that. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Anybody, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, if you know someone who wants to start a podcast, or if you know of any organization or whatever, who wants to be a part of this new launch that they're doing, contact my beautiful angels. I call them my sorceresses because I don't know how they do their crazy wizardry and just don't show me up because I don't turn in my homework all the time. So like, just <laughs> don't make me look super bad and be like the perfect client. Effie's but in trouble love them. every week with me. Every single Sunday, she gets in trouble and her hand smacks. So. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> I'm always telling Casey, I'm like, Casey, I really need you to help me be better this week. Like, help me on Sunday. Okay, help me on Sunday anyways thank you thank you so much ladies I'm so glad I got to talk to you and I really hope that we can kind of have one of these check-ins periodically I know my guests are gonna love you I'm just really excited to work with you yeah same we're excited thank you Effie yeah thank you so much for having us today and for putting this out here we're we're really hoping that we can cast a wide net today and and really get some people that are interested in getting behind this and uh, participating we would love to just help them so thank you so much Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to spread all this goodness because that's what we're here for. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. (laughs) 